I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hey, Lacey. Hello, Kippen. What's up? Well, (laughs) that's a loaded question. (laughs) But right now, I am fully vaxxed, ready to rumble, and ready to talk about some books outside of our podcast reading list. I'm actually really excited, too, because on our own, we both kind of, we have pretty similar tastes, but like a little bit different. So yeah, there's some I'm I'm super excited to talk about. And the only bad thing is that I wish you could talk about it back with me like usual, but I will. So the goal of this podcast is just to talk about what we've read on our own recently and try not really to convince the other person to read it, but just give them all that they need to want to read it and nothing more. So no spoilers in this episode, just a few of our favorites lately. Um, So Lacey, you want to kick it off? Yes, sure. Okay. I'm going to start off with one that I read maybe like three months ago. It was Becoming by Michelle Obama. Everybody listening to this has probably been like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, it was like a, the book of like 2018 or 2017, whenever it came out. This book, it was all three that I'm going to share tonight are my five stars, among my five stars list. For Black History Month in a book club I'm in, um, somebody, it was one of the suggested books. And I was like, oh, like that actually sounds really good. Uh, and I know, I knew next to nothing about Michelle, like very, very limited, even though she was like the floatus for eight years, it was like during like my high school career and I just paid no attention to politics. Um, and yes, so Michelle sets the book up pretty much in three different segments. I also listened to her, um, self narrating it, which was phenomenal. She, you could just, her personality really exuded through, um, the audio And she broke it up into three segments. She talked a lot about her childhood um, and growing up somewhat uh, in very humble beginnings in the south side of Chicago before it really was kind of overtaken with like a lot of um, a lot of what's there now. But it was kind of like just the beginning. She mentioned some heavy themes of racism, of uh, classism. She then breaks up into a second segment where it's kind of like where she's in college and it's her the first time she gets her real job when she's um, in Princeton, Harvard, and back in Chicago. And then the last segment is really about whenever she is actually um, in, living in the White House and Barack's the president and some of the many challenges going on where she's trying to balance motherhood. She's trying to figure out how to keep her family uh, in a positive light, she also wants to find her own way in the world. She's not used to uh, really like taking a back seat, but she kind of has to for the first time in her life. So, yeah, that's how the book's laid out, and it is it's amazing. I think I, about it all the time. I've always loved Michelle Obama, and I haven't listened to Becoming a Reddit yet, and I really, really want to, especially after you did. And I'm trying to put my finger on why I haven't had like a an interest because I actually read a lot of nonfiction. Like, I mean, I've read at least four memoirs 
in the last couple of months. Um, and I think it's just so easy to lump, oh, even as a like self-proclaimed feminist, lump a woman in with her husband and be like, well, I know their story, you know, but I, I want to hear her story because she's obviously like such an accomplished person in and of herself. And I want to hear where she comes from. And I love stories where you see someone build something out of nothing. Like I think about the podcast that we both like, How I Built This, um, where people talk about like building you know, really entrepreneurs talk about building companies. And I think that's why I love like a really good memoir. I think a lot of the ones that I feel like you listen to have a ton of humor or Mm -hmm. either it's like, and I'm kind of on the opposite side where the memoirs I listen to are more like educated or the glass castle where it's like really extreme. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, like she has maybe a touch more than other people, but not like anything insanely uh you know significant going on but yeah I was really moved by her one of the things too she talks a lot about her mom and her mom's a lot different from her but I I picked up so many different um tips in motherhood that I really wanted to kind of mirror my life after from what she was saying about her mom and also like how she was speaking about her own daughters and now I'm also obsessed with uh Sasha and Malia because I've listened like I felt like I all of a sudden like saw or saw their little life like flash upon my eyes as she's like you know like talking about them growing up together so yeah it's a good one okay I've got um a nonfiction on my side too I'm just wrapping up the book of delights um which is essays by Ross Gay and Ross is a poet and I mean you can just tell when you're reading or I listen to this book and I'm actually so glad that I listened to it because just hearing I mean it's not poetry but he has such he has such a lyrical way of writing and so hearing him read it himself and like putting the beat behind it it's so beautiful and like such I mean it's such a delight to listen to and I have always actually really loved and enjoyed poetry, but sometimes um, it's it's just very casual for me. And I like writing poems too, but I'm, I don't read poetry super duper regularly. Um, and so this was a good way to kind of get that feel, just like the beautiful prose and the beauty of words and someone who really is just enjoying describing their surroundings to me um, in a way that's not, he just takes his time, you know, even though these are really short essays. Um, it was a really good way to to wrap that into um, a book that was more like what I usually read. So the premise of the book is that he wanted to, for a year, write an essay every single day about some little delight in his life. And some of them are funny. Some of them are very sweet and tender. Uh, Some of them are very introspective. He's um, a black man. He's, I think he's of mixed race. And he, you know, grew up in the South and with, you know, a, a black dad and a white mom and kind of having a perspective there. And he grew up poor and now he's a very successful poet. And he also teaches at colleges. And I don't know 
what college <laughs> teaches that, but he's like, a, he's like an award-winning poet. So I'm sure that, you know, he's not in the small leagues here, but it was just, it was so nice. Like he talks about watching a baby on a plane and, um, or like he talks a lot about gardening and taking clippings in an airplane from his mother's garden and you know all of these little things and it was just so nice to listen to and really relaxing it's also a pretty short book um i think all in it's maybe like you know a four hour listen or something and it's not something like normally i would put almost everything in at least 1.25 speed this I just listened to at at normal speed. I wanted his words to just kind of wash over me, especially while I'm taking a walk or like doing my chores or whatever. It was so nice and soothing to hear him talk. So, okay. So tell me, you said that he was writing one poem a day for 365 days. How many poems is included? That's a good question. It's de- he definitely didn't include all of them. Um, and he jumps around. I mean, I'm not looking at the book. I feel like, by the way, this would be a great book f- to give someone as a gift because it's something you could pick up and read a chapter and then put it, put it down. You know, it's not something you need to sit down and work through from front to back. Um, but he'll say the date and then he'll say the number essay it is. Uh and some of them have titles and some of them don't. So he definitely, you know, trimmed it down. And I, I don't think it was every single poem. And they're not poems, they're essays, but they're just very, the way he writes is so beautiful and poetic in just his kind of turn of phrase. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm not really a poetry person, but this has me intrigued. I actually have been trying to expand my reading. I am. I've definitely like, you know, I read the same kind of books and, you know, and that's what I like, but at the same time, like I do, like I branched out reading Becoming and really enjoyed it. So maybe that's something I actually would listen to. Well, it's on Hoopla, um, on Hoopla, by the way, as maybe the ugliest, cheesiest cover I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why it's so bad, but the the hard copy book is lovely. So maybe recorded books just really did him dirty. Okay, what's next on your list? All right, for my second book, which is another five-star pick, I chose The Duke and I. You're going to know what this <laughs> is, and maybe everyone else will. It was the premise of Bridgerton. It was, I believe, the first in six books. Yes. So Daphne is on the hunt for a man. She wants to find the perfect person. She's got her brother, Anthony, who um, is the oldest and serves as the head of the family. You've got the Duke, the very handsome yet a rogue man of the season who basically kind of comes in and becomes a friend and then becomes a little bit more. You've got her mom, who is the gossip queen. You've got Penelope Featherington, who's best friends with her sister, who who often finds herself in precarious situations, specifically with her youngest brother youngest eldest brother uh and yeah the book if you watch the show the book lies so true to it it really reminded me of normal people normal people was a phenomenal example of a a book written into a show that kept 
everything in the same vein that really did not uh, didn't go off track too much. The Duke and I was the same, except I maybe even liked the book more than the show, and I really enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. The narrator was phenomenal. She just had such a um, such a fun tone. She constantly kept it light. I was so intrigued with all the characters. I actually have been wanting to pick up the rest of the books, but I've had my uh, to-be-read list has been limitlessly long. But this was a great listen. I think it was 11 hours. I finished it in like a day and a half. It was so much fun for me to clean and listen and just like enjoy all of like the Regency, the romance, every element you know i'm imagining myself that i'm in the ball but yeah the duke and i was a great one honestly that's a really good nudge because when i watched the show i totally enjoyed it but it was like such a guilty pleasure and even like the banter between daphne and the duke for example was borderline corny on the netflix show and it just passed muster for me you know like all in. I I really enjoyed the show. Don't get me wrong. But it's nice to hear that the book is actually really good. And I don't know if I'll read this one because I'm a real stickler for not wanting to know anything about plots before I read the book. Um, but maybe I'll dive in with later ones down the line. Oh, to- that's I know they're going to the Netflix is setting up a series. And so I am prepped and ready. I am ready to read the second book <laughs> so that I can go in. And the second book is about Anthony. I had a friend that just read it and I just I just kind of like messaged her and I said, I must know. And so she said it was. So, yeah, it is. It's a good one. Um, it also, it just seemed way more fun to me. And I feel like the show was a bit clumsy with the relationship sometimes, which, I mean, I guess maybe that's what they were trying to go for. But I mm-hmm. left with some secondhand embarrassment for sure. Where I, yes. did, where I did not fill up with the book. The book doesn't go in like deep details and it kind of keeps it fun and brief. Yeah, where the show just kind of goes ham a little too much. Interesting. Okay, mine is the opposite of a fun, sexy little light book. I mean, in some ways. You're going to have to reach way back into the library archives for this one. This book originally came out in 1997. It was given to me by my father. Um, My dad loves fantasy and I like fantasy. I'm not super into high fantasy and he knew that I would love this book and he was totally right. Um, When he told me that it was like a teenage female heroine, you know, independent girl uh, that had magical elements and was, you know, solving kind of a mystery slash fighting a demon and other kind of stuff. I was just instantly intrigued. The book is Running with the Demon. Uh, it's by Terry Brooks, who is a big time fantasy writer. He like he writes a lot of high fiction, uh, high fantasy. Um, he wrote a series called like the Shannara books. And I've never read Shannara. I've read some of his other books that were very good um, a long, long time ago. But it had been a while since I returned back to old Terry. He is an old white man. My dad is a middle-aged white man. But I think anyone would love this book. Um, I mean, the basic premise is that there is a girl. Her name is Nest. And 
she's a normal girl. I think this is set, you know, in 1997-ish. So she lives in a small town. She lives on the edge of a big park. Um, and she basically is the caretaker of this big, giant, wooded park in in that she has magical powers that nobody else knows about except the women in her family who right now only consists of her grandmother. Her mother committed suicide. And so she's been raised by her grandparents. Um, And she has a magical little Sylvan friend, which is like a little man made of sticks and wood who kind of helps her caretake for the park. Um, And she also can see these things that are kind of like Dementors and no one else can see them. Um, So her job is just to make sure that everything is running smoothly in the park, that the creatures are taken care of, that these Dementor kind of creatures don't become too plentiful because they kind of feed on negative emotions. Um, And... Meanwhile, a demon shows up in the in this small town and then a demon hunter shows up. And then there's kind of these three perspectives between Nest, the demon and the demon hunter. And they're all interweaving. Um, And it's so well done. The demon specifically kind of reminds me of like actually a really interesting take on screw tape letters because you can see how he interacts with the people around him, but they don't, I mean, they know he's there, but they kind of don't realize he's there because he just kind of slips in the background and whispering little things in their ear and stuff. And that was a cool take on it. Um, It is both incredibly fun and has that really cool magical feel while being incredibly gritty in parts, but in a way that's like, exactly what you want like it's so satisfying even the even the darker moments where it's like something maybe a little shocking or a little um horrific like terry brooks really doesn't hold back in his descriptions of these bad moments but it just works perfectly because you want that release kind of thing like you don't want it to just fade to black and he delivers in those moments without going overboard, which I really appreciated. I just thought All In, it was a really good book. And there's two other in the series, but the next one focuses on the demon hunter. And I'm not really into that. I want to hear more about Nest. So I'm not totally sure I'm going to read the rest of them, but we'll see. Wow. So that actually, I'm not going to lie. That sounds like something I want to read immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think you would really like it. Um, so I'm not sure if this is the same Shinar or not, but I know that MTV picked up a show about like an elven um, guy and it was something Shinar was the title or something of Shinar or whatever. And Graham and I liked it. No, that's a lie. Graham liked it and I was obsessed with it. Um, Interesting. And it only had like two seasons. And the main character was that really handsome blonde guy. What The, the guy that's supposed to play Elvis, something Butler. Austin Butler or something like that. I think I know who you're talking about. He had long hair and he was so handsome and he had these cute little elven ears and I was like, (laughs) I'm obsessed. Um, I I would be shocked if it was not part of Terry Brooks. Like he has a very you know substantial um world that he's built around Shannara 
And what my dad told me, and you you kind of get this when you get into the book, but what happens in this book is actually kind of a prequel to the Shannara Chronicles. Like oh. this is all happening in the past where I guess Shannara is actually set in the future. Um, Wait a minute. Did you say there's a demon hunter? Yes. Okay. I'm trying. And his name is, oh my gosh, okay, I can't no. remember. Okay. There's like a guy with like a shaved head and like, super muscular and he's got like like runes runes does he have a staff yes and a limp i'm pretty not a limp he was like <laughs> super hot and like you know what i mean like supposed to be super i'm old. sure i am positive that they mtv him up because <laughs> right. in the book it always talks about how he has long hair and he covers it with a clean handkerchief and i'm like uh, excuse me <laughs> We could accidentally be merging two stories together because what you're sounding like sounds like this, like, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of the secret of Nim, which is rats. But you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. ancient rats. Like these and and rats. this has very little to do with Shannara. Like, it's not high fiction. Also, don't be scared off by the hideous, I call it a dad book. It's such an ugly cover. It's like one of those little paperbacks that you'd see, like, in an old waiting room at the dentist or something but it is so good i'm like rebrand it it would make such a good um it would make such an awesome show um he wrote something else and yeah he definitely that's the shannara it's like the elf stones of shannara he wrote all of that in the 80s oh awesome uh anyway loved it and i have the audio version i was a little worried because the guy has like a very uh and next week on blah 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 kind of voice but he it, it actually really worked like using that style of like straightforward talking for the um narration and then he did really well actually because there were so many male characters i i appreciated him being the narrator even though he did narrate for a teenage girl but somehow it all worked it was great that's what kind of throws me off. I, I almost always listen to female um, narrators, and not necessarily that I choose them, but I guess whoever you know sets right. it up, you know. And I think that's a big thing. It's like it's hard for maybe the males to do more uh, mm -hmm. female characters, but feminine, right? Yeah, it worked for me. Uh, All right, what you got for me? Well, to kind of follow you, I also have a fantasy choice. Um, I actually do like fantasy. I'm not really, really big on like the world building. I mean, like I enjoy it, but too much kind of loses me. I like more of a fantasy, like a take me away, but I need a little bit of like a. It's it's got to be like <clears throat> it's got to be like like a five star book for me to invest in that. Yeah, it's it's gonna have like a realistic premise. I think is what it is, or like there's got to be a certain element. Right, where you can relate to it. Right, there's just, there's just, or like all the stars have to align for me to really like a book. So I really, really like this next book I'm going to talk about. This is another five star for me. It's called Caraval. Caraval, um, it's, the idea is that these two sisters named Scarlett and Donatella, they live on a, um, a small island. Their father is the governor. Their mom uh, ran away like 10 years prior and really left them at the hands of this like super cruel and sadistic man 
Um, and he, he enforces a lot of punishments where it's like one gets in trouble, the other one suffers. And, and it makes them really cling to one another. But just they both just can't wait to escape. Uh, Scarlet is actually in betrothed to a um, another man that lives on another island. And she has plans to take Donatella with her. But all of a sudden, um, they mysteriously get a letter from the master legend, who is the head of Caraval. Caraval is this uh, super unique, it's a carnival that travels from different aisles. All the performers uh, and legend himself all have a mystical element to it. There's a ton of secrets floating around. Um, their grandmother had went and kind of set the stage where it's supposed to be this time of um, just deep fantasy and the winner always has a special prize. And so for years, Scarlet has been writing, requesting uh, special tickets to be able to go. And so she's really stuck in a place of like, okay, should I go? If I go, I might end up sacrificing my marriage and this marriage might be the only way for me to escape away from my father. Um, and then, of course, there's several different uh, people who get thrown in, and there's just this big world of fantasy where you're just, you're stuck with um, what's the right choice, when they make the right choices, like who's going to do what. Scarlett and Donatella have completely different personalities. It actually kind of reminded me of my sister a lot, because I'm the much more reserved um, older sister, much like Scarlett, where Donatella is a super vivacious um, bullheaded uh, younger sister, much like my own. So yeah, it's it's a super super fun one. I blazed through it. I enjoyed it so much. It's definitely YA, but there are so I'm not exactly sure if you would love the YA elements, but there are definitely points where the author sets the tone. Where I kept thinking, oh, this is not gonna be YA for much longer. And then it stays why, like she sets mm. it up. It's hard to explain without just giving everything away. But she sets it up where I'm like, right. oh my gosh, this is going to go down a dark path. And then it, it stays, it stays light. I'm like, okay. And one of the best things I must say, uh, the author uh, Stephanie Gerber, is you know so often in books you can see you you see the clear path. You're like, okay, this happened, and then this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. With this book. I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I know how they're going to get from A to B to C. And, and there were maybe like six different times I thought that. And there were these really big twists and turns that were completely unexpected, but also still made sense. The plot point, or, you know, there was no major plot holes, but she just kind of went in a super roundabout way to write it up. And I got it, I, like, I was so invested in wanting to figure out what was going to happen next and trying to solve it and never quite solving it. There was this fun like element of like um, or this aura of mystery that just kind of like really shrouded the whole book that made it really worth listening to. Loved it. Interesting. I feel like that would be one that I would be totally willing to read if I had it in hard copy form and it was just like okay I have a couple of hours to read like I wish I had just a book that I could just enjoy and not have to worry about and that sounds like a good one for that it is one of the it's easily written 
but it's still interesting. I feel mm-hmm. like some hard times I read books that are that the authors really, really like put they try to overcomplicate it with with rotten choices and I'm just rotten choices. With word <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can tell why I don't like it. Word choices. I'm good, but anyways. But they try to like overcomplicate it. Or this one's really not. But it was still so much fun. I'm actually it's also part of a trilogy. Um, so I'm listening to the third one now. The second one has a different um, point of view. And yeah, really, really great trilogy. If you like fantasy, if you like fiction, if you like YA, but it's not uh, it's not too childish. Yeah, fun, fun elements all abound. All right. Awesome. My last one, I'm going to keep super brief because I actually think we're going to read this together um, or at least talk about it in full on the podcast next season in season three. And in four. Oh, season four. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So good. Oh, that makes me like so excited. Um, This book is Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. The cover of this book has been burned into my brain for years. Um, I think it came out in fall of 2019 and I have seen it so many times. It was definitely on a bestseller list and was on, you know, lists for like book of the year, things like that. Um, but for whatever reason, I just never picked it up. I, the thing is y'all, I don't buy books. I just don't, I have an audible account. So normally if I want to read something super current, that's where I'm going to get it at. Um, and everything else comes from the library for me. This one is now on Hoopla because obviously it's been out for several years. It is just hitting every single note for me. I love this book. So in the barest terms, and if you, if you like to go in fairly blind, then I would not Google it at all because they do reveal something in, in even the most basic of summaries that I was happy to not know about. Um, I found it like <clears throat> thrilling for it to just come up organically in the book while I was reading. Um, but in the barest terms, you have two women. One is poor, kind of down and out, small town kind of white trashy almost um and then you have the other who is rich elite beautiful i mean charming everything under the sun and these two women were um roommates for one year when they were in high school at like a very elite prep school something happens they part ways um, but they keep a correspondence for years. They're pen pals. And this is like kind of pre-internet. And then one day, the rich woman sends the poor woman an email or a, not an email, a letter saying, hey, I've got a job for you. I know you'd be perfect for this job. Do you want this job? And she's like living in her mom's you know, attic or something. So she goes and meets up with her. She's now married to a senator right? And she's just like living this extravagant lifestyle. And she wants her to do something for her. And it on at first blush, it seems totally normal. And then it quickly becomes totally bizarre. Um, the book itself is so perfect because the basic plot is so normal 
and basic and then you just have like these bizarre twists and the writing is so fresh um and i i told you this in in a text message but specifically the narrator i mean it is literally like as if a girlfriend is just telling me this juicy story that she has like it's so good she has such a normal voice but also like so much emotion in it um the book is set in tennessee and she really gets the accents correct too which i really really appreciated it's like uh all of the like even the the main character she has a southern accent but it's really light it's not some people try and do it and it's like hi hey, y'all can i or they're like fully foghorn like leg horning it and she just does it so well um there's quite a few children characters in this book and she even does that well and y'all may remember that's a huge pet peeve of mine when <laughs> narrators like cannot narrate children without being super annoying and whiny anyway i love just quirky weird books and this one is so great i have just a couple of hours left and the only reason i would love to have the book in my hands is so that I could finish it even faster. Um, but I'm really enjoying it while it's while it's lasting. Um, I know if you're wanting to hold that book so you can finish it faster, but that is a phenomenal book because yeah. I've only I very rarely had that experience where I'm like, okay, I could read this book in two hours, but I have to listen for four and a half hours. Like, it, <laughs> you know, like it makes no sense. Yep, but that's where I'm at. You also should describe the cover. You you've hopped it up now. What's on the cover? Um, well, I don't even want to say that. Like, uh, it's just a it's a drawing. <laughs> you guys should Google the cover of Nothing to See Here, but just look at the cover. Don't read anything about it. You know, my grandmother reads like the last couple of pages of every single book before she starts reading the whole book. No. Bonnie Manning. Yes, she does. It's like it's so perfect for her personality. She's just the most pragmatic person in the entire world. And I'm like, <laughs> that would listen. Could never have, be me. Could I've, never be me. I literally have like I think about this a couple times a year when we stood in line for the midnight release of um, <laughs> Harry Potter and what's the, I can't remember the last book, the, the Deathly Hallows. Uh, yeah. Deathly Hallows. Uh, somebody. So I was the fourth person in line. The third person in line went straight to the end. And then, I, and we, everybody was literally like, what? What? Like, don't say it. You know, like literally trying right. to run away from this person. Like if you dare spoil this, like, you know so anyways that's that's like psychopathic levels of weirdness to me but no she she often time it is fun to talk about movies and stuff with her because i can just gush and gush and gush and she doesn't care and she'll still go and watch it and really enjoy it um but yeah i just i just don't want to know i don't even want to describe the cover to you because for years when I saw this cover, I thought it was something else. But now it's so clear to me what it is. <laughs> you basically see the bottom half of a child standing in a room. Um, and then it's got like a great, you know, font that just says nothing to see here. And yeah, I, I just love it so much. It's going to be like one of my favorite books ever. 
Oh, that's exciting. And then how did how did you just did you just remember it? Did you see the cover again? What you know what? Shout out to a girl we follow on Instagram. I think a friend of mine, um, hi Laura, <laughs> had texted me and said, Hey, have you read this? Uh, I just read the audio or I just listened to the audio. It was great. And I think it was this book, but I'm not totally sure. And then I was desperately trying to remember. I could I could see the cover in my mind because I didn't have anything really pending. And I was like, I wonder if that's on Hoopla. It's been a couple of years. Um, and I Googled every single version of how I could describe the cover of this book. But guess what? I thought it was a picture of something else. Like I didn't see it for what it truly was. And so I was describing the wrong thing <laughs> and I couldn't find it. Anyway, so this gal on Instagram had posted way. like her her reads for April or or March, and it was like the number one thing on there. And I was like, oh shoot! And so I, you know, sent her a message. I was like, I'm so glad that you posted this. This totally, I was digging in my memory for this book, and I could not remember it. And she just like gushed about the narrator and loving it. And I'm so glad that I read it. That was uh, at Sydney Keeps Reading. All right, Sydney. Bye. Awesome, awesome <laughs> recommendation. You get your own special shout out because you helped our host with a very That's special right. book. So thank you so much. <laughs> now, maybe I'll have to read it too, but I've got, I've got to. So we talked about re, um, our to be read stack, and we might want to share one book that we're going to read. I've had The Removed by Brandon Hobson which I didn't even have to read the dadgum author's name because <laughs> by nightstand, I think I got it in December or January, book of the month. Um, I was super excited about the premise, but we had like the mom guilt of just like sitting down reading, reading a physical book sometimes can be a lot harder. And especially for me, like I don't prioritize it if it's not a book we have to go over together. So that is my, that is my dragon that I've got to slay, and I'm going to do it in May. Wow, listen to me. <laughs> Maybe I should write poetry. What's it about? Um, so it's supposed to be about a, a Native American family. I'm pretty sure they're pretty impoverished. Um, someone dies, and I believe one of them starts seeing ghosts. Yeah. I read the premise of this like six months ago, so I'm not entirely sure. So please don't... Um, you know, hate me if I butcher that. Any Brandon Hobson fans, but something <laughs> along those lines. So I'm going to get around to it eventually. It's got a cute little cover. You know, there's a, a Native American character in Running with the Demon, which I know that you'll love that kind of like little storyline. But I really want to talk to someone about like if they find it offensive because the book was written so long ago. And the way that's the one downside of that book is it's a little tropey how they talk about this guy. But on the other hand, he kind of calls out Nest for like profiling him in that way a little bit. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just interested. If you've if you've read that book, what do you think about that character? Um, okay, here's my confession. I don't really do TBR. I really don't. And for years, that was kind of a hurdle for reading for me because it was like every time I wanted to read a book, it was like starting from nothing. So I get it. Like having a list is good. But my TBR is pretty much just what we're reading for the podcast. And then based on my current interests is what I'm going to pick up. So what or, you know, if I see something posted or whatever and just sparks 
something for me. And that's kind of what um, is happening right now. I, I actually have two that I'm going to read. One is for my in real life book club next month. It's a YA book called Scythe. Um, and I'm hoping it's really short and sweet. And I'm, I don't know a whole lot about it. So I'm not going to go into it. But the other one is Girl from Yamaha. And it's by Beverly Cleary. And it's actually her autobiography, I believe. I think that she wrote it herself. Um, so I read so many books with my children, like <laughs> so many books, because that's what we listen to in the car. And I enjoy it so much. Like I love middle grade and elementary school books. Um, no shame in that. They really like I truly enjoy them. And we actually just got done. Beverly, Cle Beverly Cleary has always been a favorite of mine. She passed away in March, which made me so sad. Um, but she had a good long life and has such an amazing legacy. And we just finished like, I don't know, like probably nine different Beverly Cleary books. That was kind of in an anthology. It had like Otis Spofford and a Henry Huggins book and um, Emily's Great Imagination or whatever it's called. Anyway, all these books. And we've previously read all of the Ramona Quimby books, which are also incredible. And we just are now starting all the Henry Huggins books. So good. Um, and I just wanted to know more about her. She actually did a really cute little intro to the Henry Huggins audiobooks where she talks about like deciding she was a librarian, a children's librarian for years, and she wanted to write a book like how she got the idea to kind of write her first book and it came from wanting to write a book about regular kids and not kids that were on pirate ships or you know going on grand adventures that just like had little adventures in their own lives and it's crazy that nothing really existed like that but she she really like wrote some of the first books that that were like that for children and she had such an endearing way of talking about it that I immediately wanted to learn more about her. So I'm excited to look that up. I'm hoping that I can find it um, at my library. Those sound really exciting. Yeah, I know I read, um, oh my gosh, what are the, you just said it. The Ramona? Yes, yes. As a child, yeah. I read, I mean, of course, I guess it's probably like, <laughs> like Madeline, like, who hasn't read that? But yeah, it's been so many years. And actually, I must say, I feel very inspired whenever you're talking about listening to audiobooks with your kids. Because guess what? I listen to audiobooks when I'm in the car, but I listen to adult audiobooks. Now the kids watch <laughs> television. So I probably should stop doing that. You're old like for three, so you do have a pass. But Lorelai is finally getting to where she can enjoy them she complains a little bit she'd rather listen to the frozen soundtrack but echo <laughs> begs for them and i mean the thing is is like when we were listening to the ramona books jared would try to be talking to me and i just would be totally zoned in on ramona like i could not right. <laughs> I could not turn my brain off and a lot of what she writes about it's just like there's an entire maybe two novels where it goes over Ramona's dad has lost his job. And it's not like it's the saddest, most horrible thing in the world, but it's like this constant drumbeat in the background of like 
him having to try and find a new job, him trying to go back to school to get a college degree, his her mother having to go back to work and like how hard that is on their family and so it's you, like mo- modern day troubles and not like really shocking. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she just does it in a really gentle way where when I was a kid, it didn't hit me as hard. But as an adult, I'm like, wow, she's really tackling some big things. Hmm, And hopefully breaking it down in a way that kids can kind of (laughs) see and understand in a different way. Yep. Well, love you, Beverly Cleary. All right. Well, I'm excited for us. We've got a lot done this year and... I'm, I've honestly been reading more this past year than I have in years. I can't believe that I've read this and more and all the books for our podcast. Like, who who could have thought? No, that's <laughs> uh, this past, let's see, we're on season three. We are reading at least six more books. Like, we're reading books on our own. I've read, I've read more books in the last year of this podcast existence than I have probably in the last 10 years. Yeah. So that is crazy, but it's been so much fun for me to just like jump into an old hobby. And yeah, I'm glad you're here to talk about it with me. Totally. And honestly, like I, I'm not any less busy than I was before. And I'm, I'm still doing all the things that I need to do and I'm still finding time to read. So it can be done. Yeah. I'm watching a significant less amount of television. But oh yeah, totally. I don't feel bad about that. I actually feel I feel better. So there you go. I agree. But yeah, this was so fun to talk about our different fun reads um and what we're excited about. And yeah, now I've got some more things on my to be read list. So okay. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. This has been one page more. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five star review. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. I just shut an Oreo in my mouth. <laughs>